want to welcome everybody to this evening's Marrow Report. I am so excited. But first, before we begin, the views and opinions of the Marrow Report are those of the host and guests and do not represent any sponsor, affiliate, anybody else. Remember, they're just views and opinions. Don't take them too seriously. Second thing, visit duckpond.shop. Come over and pick up yourself a t-shirt, sticker. Uh, I don't know what all is over there, but it looks a lot of cool stuff with the logo on it. Uh, it helps support the show just, just a tiny bit, but you get something cool out of the process. Other thing, I want to thank Amanda over at Steve Martin Media for setting up this interview tonight. She has been great to work with uh, through the course of the last few weeks as we've been trying to get everything settled out, and including today, because as I told my guest, I had carpal tunnel surgery yesterday, and for some reason... Today, I was in, well, I know the reason. I was still probably a, a little medicated when I started trying to do my show prep, which isn't advisable, but it's out of my system now, so I feel a lot better. My guest tonight is Michael Horn, uh, UFO researcher, author. Man, I, I could sit here and read a lot of things about you for the next hour. We don't want to do that, though. How are you doing tonight, Michael? I'm fine, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on as well. I'm a little bit hoarse tonight, but uh, I, you know, so I'll occasionally drink some tea or something, and truly, it is only tea. <laughs> well, hey, we're, we're, sounds like we're a, a good crew tonight, right? So we're, we're going to hang in there and mm-hmm. get this. The battered and bruised, that's us. <laughs> so I guess I want, I, I want to start with Billy Meyer, because you've been researching him and uh, representing him. Well, you started researching him like 40 years ago, if I have my num- my math right. Yeah, a little more than 40 years ago, that's correct. So what got you interested way back then? I walked into a, what's called a metaphysical bookstore in Los Angeles. It was called a Bodhi Tree. And I just walked in the door, and there was this book that I wasn't, exp- I wasn't looking for anything in particular. And it was a book with the, on the cover was a, a UFO, and, a, and in the background there was a jet plane, um, and it was beautiful rural landscape. And I looked at that, and I opened the book up, picked it up, opened it up, and I proceeded to see the most amazing, stunningly clear photographs I'd ever seen of so-called UFOs. And this is the pre-digital era, as you know. You know. <laughs> and I go, gosh, this is real. So I buy the book. At that time, it was like $29 or something, coffee table size photo book. Took it home, and I proceeded to just go over it and over, you know, read and reread, because there was a lot of text. There was information about the man who uh, had taken the photos and taken films, and that he had also presented other physical evidence, metal samples, and what have you. And it was fascinating. It was the only thing I would have to read about this case for several years, and then it was later when I was in a little cafe in a town called Sedona, Arizona, that I would uh, get, I would uh, meet a person there while we were waiting to eat a lunch, who would invite me when I would return to L.A. to come up and receive 1,800 pages of transcripts that were allegedly between this man, Billy Meyer, and a bunch of human extraterrestrials, and starting in 1975, these transcripts would begin then, although his claimed context actually started far, far earlier. So we had a really, really remarkable uh, time there. I I took home 1,800 pages. I was able to uh, spend months, months and months going over them, and it would be uh, a couple years later in 1988 that I would open up a newspaper, and I would see a brand new discovery by Lawrence Livermore National Laboratories that was about the connection between the ozone damage and A-bomb testing. And as I just began to look at it, 
I realized I already knew the information, and that was puzzling. I had a, one of those aha moments where I reach under the bed, pull out the first hundred pages of this information, and there it is. They're telling him in 1975, not for the first time, about the connection, ozone damage, and A-bomb stuff. And that's what set me off in realizing this was about something far more important than wonderful UFO photos. I'm just, I'm sitting here picturing the the process this had to be of trying to even find relevant information about something back back in the day. Not the date you or anything, but you were, you, were, you mentioned being pre-digital. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was that? I mean, right. well, how difficult was it? I mean, tell tell the young guy on the other end of the well, phone here how difficult it was. Yes, well, you, here's the thing. When I, you know, sitting there in 1988, I opened a newspaper, and that's just the beginning of these discoveries coming at me. There's no Internet. There's no digital. There's no cell phones and computers and tablets. And so... I didn't have the reference point to say, well, how did he find out about this without the Internet? I'm sitting there thinking, how did he find out? How did he know this information if he didn't get it from these people? Because here it is, 13 years before official discovery that Billy Meyer is publishing information. Even the percentages that they would talk about 13 years later were close enough to be, you know, connected. This man is somehow, he's got highly accurate scientific information. And and it would continue, by the way. I would open newspapers. I would see things on TV. I would hear radio. And there it is. New discovery, new discovery, new discovery. So as we hit this information age, digital information age, I'm able to jump online and start going, well, when was this thing first discovered? When was this thing first published? Today, Jim, we have culled over 250 specific, prophetically accurate examples of scientific information verifiably published by Billy Meyer living in the middle of nowhere in Switzerland before NASA or JPL or IBM or USGS or any of them discover it. And I have personally brought to, and even, if you will, confronted scientists with the specifics, and they are dumbfounded. They can't answer it. So let's change the coin a little bit, though. How has the UFO community changed in the last 40 years? Oh, I'm glad you, you brought that up. They have remained as stubborn and useless and suppressive and envious and amateurish and unscientific as they were when they started. And it's really strange that you say that because this morning, because of things that are happening right now in the world, you know that we can certainly get to if you if you like. I'd like. Oh to yeah, we're we're going to get there. We're just uh, I yeah. like I told you, my, as my notes go further here, it's going to look like I have ADHD because we're going to get all kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, so to come back to answer that very specifically, this morning I sent out a an email openly cover-copied to maybe 15, 20 people, uh, so-called UFO experts and people who organize UFO things, and I called them out in in no uncertain terms, as I have done previously at, at times, and as I have done in documentaries I've made and in many blogs, and I condemned them for, for what they had done through their profit-only motivated 
uh, what's the right word? Uh, Agenda. Yeah, yes, thank you. Agenda with the phony UFO experts, not a one of whom has one piece of evidence. And Billy Meyer with over 1,200 clear, primarily daytime UFO photos, films, videos, metal samples, sound recordings, etc., and scientific, prophetically accurate information. And the fact that these people, in my opinion, who are the biggest hucksters and charlatans, have run this scam on the public, contributing to preventing people from knowing about Meyer. And that includes MUFON, and in the scientific realm, SETI. And everything I say, I I will certainly openly, easily say to the face of any of the people that I openly criticize or accuse, because... Well, that's just the way it is. You don't call people names and not be willing to, you know, back it up. And it's not that I want to call people names. I'm calling them out for something that I, I think has harmed the truth. It's harmed our society. And if what Meyer has said and published well in advance of things that we've already proved is any indicator of what's coming these people should be so ashamed of themselves, and that won't be enough because we are in a point of no return. I, I was just here thinking, how does the UFO community straighten itself out? But I don't know if there's an easy answer to that or an answer to that. Well, you know, it it isn't. Look, this is not something that I just sprang on people or you know, sprang or sprung because I've confronted, I've, I've, I've criticized these people openly for a long time get a lot of ufo events ufo congress iufoc that thing and and many different ufo type of events and probably 10 years ago they stopped being excited about having me come because i was openly calling out the people many of them were sitting out there and saying people have no evidence this is really unscientific and fraudulent Uh, i got invited to speak last year at an event called contact in the desert during which i made sure that one of my uh PowerPoint slides list the names of all those people, many of whom were at that, that event speaking. I, they, they're welcome to come up and confront me, but nobody has because they know that they can't they can't substantiate their thing, and they've pulled this over on the public. So the UFO community, ufology is basically, I think we're going to find it's a very dead issue from here on because it hasn't net, not delivered anything of significance. And here's Meyer warning about the most important you know, challenges facing us, and it's already back, let's see, 2004, 16 years ago, when I put out my first DVD, it's called The Meyer Context, The Key to Our Future Survival, and that is indeed exactly what the Meyer Contacts are. It's not so much about UFOs and aliens, extraterrestrials, it's about our future survival, and they proved beyond the fact that Meyer's evidence has been authenticated by independent experts over a 40-year period using state-of-the-art technology all throughout. This information, the scientific information, means these people speak to us, the average person, in the understandable language of science so that we can prove their existence to ourselves and not rely on outside experts and forces and leaders, whether they're in ufology or the government or any other you know, form of human endeavor. We can figure this out, and that's why I have a blog now with almost 1,000 articles and a website with about 200 more. 
and tons of endorsements from real experts, scientific, military, legal, you name it, photographic, special effects people. So this is, <clears throat> for Mr. Meyer, it's been a long haul. He's been, it's 78 years since that he's been receiving and, you know, publishing the information since he was 14, eight years later, whatever, eight, nine years later. So this is the most important information and in human history, and it's been hidden in plain sight with the help of the intelligence services who've attacked and discredited it with the willing complicity of the UFO community and its phony experts. Well, what you, we talked just briefly, and it seems like I'm bringing it all up, so it sounds like we we talked before. We talked about two, like a minute and a half before. You mentioned the yeah. press resources I got, and the one was titled... Uh, space aliens already here, and that kind of caught my attention because there's this big market about trying to get disclosure from the government, and I had Jim Mars ringing in my ear saying we wouldn't believe the government if they told us anyways. So, right. so go, sure. go, go on and tell me why we we're faking they're here already. Well, that's uh, with you know with all due respect, that's one of those headlines that got floated out there. And, uh, you know, it's to the credit of Steve and his crew that they captured that to kind of, you know, make it possible for me to start answering. So let me answer that as best I can, drawing from the information of the case. The facts, according, I mean, just so people are clear, because there's nothing to believe, check it out and see what you think. In the information from Meyer, and this is, we only have about 8,000 pages in English out of the 45,000 pages, but clearly, you know, clearly expressed in that material is the fact that human aliens have been coming to this world for millions of years, coming and going, coming and staying, dying off, uh, interbreeding with other uh, naturally arising human races, that it's part of our history that's been hidden from us. Uh, somewhat because we don't have access to this, the time frames, so nobody's hiding that because they don't know. But other things that people do know have been hidden from us. Okay. It's not that there's a bunch of so-called aliens or extraterrestrials living on Earth. There may well be a race that has some bases that basically just observes us. They don't abduct people. They don't channel through them. They don't talk to them or meet with them. But this particular race is the one that has the longest standing interaction uh, going back in our history, about 13,500 years on our planet, according to the information from Billy Meyer. And this interaction, this, uh, let's call it a mission if you want, it's not a religious thing, but this venture has been in place for a long time for the purpose of trying to bring to us, the people of Earth, information to help us evolve because we've had a very, very rough, true history that goes back a long, long time, and that the people that Meyer claims he meets with, and who are the ones giving him the information and you know creating the photo ops and everything, that their own ancestors participated at times in history in leading Earth humankind astray. And they have a self-obligated mission to try, without 
directly interfering, without directly interacting with the multitudes here, to drop in the information, so to speak, through trusted sources throughout this certain historical period that they've done it, that we may learn how to think clearly, how to be in what they consider to be in reality, to understand our place in life, our, our codependence with nature, uh, the bigger period, you know, not period, but the, the bigger context of reality, what the universe is, what life is, that goes far beyond our sciences, our religions, and anything else, and that we will evolve our way up this ladder and hopefully with just these insertions into our world, we will take the advice, test it so we don't destroy ourselves, and then utilize things and evolve, develop our technologies and our understanding further and make it, make it through this, you know, evolutionary period that we have no guarantee that we really will. So I'm going to ask you a very simple question, but it's not going to be that simple. Who has more to lose if um, we get this disclosure and this becomes more more prevalent reality? Is that is that mainstream religion or is that government? Both. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. You know, uh, listen, you, you're somebody who asks nice, direct questions. The religions have a tremendous amount to lose because, like the governments in, in one way, they rely on having a mechanism to control people and hold them into the various belief systems, religions, sects, cults, what have you, we have on earth. There are thousands, if not many more, of all forms of that. Governments have a lot to lose because, and this is even understandable, governments, military, political, all these structures require that human beings believe that these structures are, in fact, all-knowing, powerful, and, uh, you know, truthful, and looking out for our best interests. If a military, let's say, spokesperson, and now we can address what has recently happened, if they actually say, yes, there are other beings here over whom we have no control or constraint, that engenders some fear in human beings. That means, oh my gosh, all of the stereotypes, all of the religious things of demons and saints and devils and things coming down from the sky to harm us, all of this gets activated in people's minds, and it can lead to societal breakdown, chaos, psychosis, suicide, murder, uh, if these beings actually appeared being attacked by military, it, it's not a positive from the perspective of the various powers that be. The fact that all of these mechanisms, governmental, religious, political, are just man-made, all of them, and not a one of whom is operating on quote-unquote, the truth, those things which are empirically, you know, they are really true, we can prove them. There are mixtures of truths, beliefs, suppositions, and theories, but that's, you know, not good enough when certain situations arise in life, when you hit a crossroads. Look, you don't want to get on a plane where the pilot says he believes he can fly it. You want to get on a plane where the guy says, I'm certified, I'm experienced, I can fly this plane. And we'll 
flying by the seat of our pants right now. We've crossed into a time in which so much of what we've relied on societally, religiously, in every way, it's there's erosion at the base where the foundation is corrupt, where it's not strong and true, and it will not long hold the structures upon which it rests. Now, that's not to just run around and do doom and gloom. It's to say, fortunately, in my opinion, this Billy Meyer contact case, where a man for 78 years has been in contact with people, and as I said, to help us assure our future survival, they have provided an abundance of recommendations and advice. Not just, hey, you people are screwed because you've, you've really violated all the laws of the universe and uh, nothing is left. Goodbye. No. They said we violated the laws of the universe and life, and if we wish to not have uh, such a total loss here, some things are now unstoppable, but some things may still be preventable, then maybe we will humble ourselves to at least read and look through and listen to what they've recommended. It's not going to be easy. This is not the quick fix of the Internet digital age. Where, oh, okay, press the button, delete. Now we're fixed. We've gotten rid of that and just load that in, press the button, installed, that's fixed. This, the world and, and the generations that have been and are growing up on purely the digital reality are at such a huge disadvantage. They are like fish in water, not knowing the disadvantage they're at because there is a reality greater than all of that. Uh, contrary to what people may subconsciously believe, they were born from, from living human beings. They weren't downloaded from the Internet. So it, we have to start getting literally back in touch with what life is and heed what nature, the way nature operates, because we will not, as Billy says in one of the things, nature will not submit to us. Contrary to all of our great delusional, megalomaniacal leaders and psychopaths that want us to believe that they are in charge of everything, nature will not submit to us, and we are beginning to see that in rather blunt and direct form. So I've got I've got a another question. Is there any people that are connected? Because I I would imagine the aliens are going to be talking to more than one person and then kind of weaving this network of people together that can share experiences. Is that true, or am I just totally out to lunch? Well, I don't know that you're out to lunch, but it's not true for a very simple reason. I mean, when you get down to this this massive thing called the Meyer case, it operates on very simple. I don't mean simple mind, but simple premises. One of them, we could probably uh, extrapolate and call it the telephone principle. You know how it is when you tell one person who tells the person, and before when it comes around the circle, it has nothing to do with the way it started. And they logically, easily deduced throughout history when they had a contact person, tell it to one human being who is trustworthy, who will, despite any and all obstructions, only deliver it as we have to deliver it, and knowing that we, these extraterrestrials, are not even necessarily the authors of all the information, that it comes from the most ancient sources of this universe itself, and they have tested it through thousands of years of their own living and, and rescuing themselves from the very things that 
plague us at this point in our evolution. So to try and focus in on that answer, they find one person who's willing to suffer the outrageous slings and arrows. In my case, it actually accounts for 23 documented attempts on his life. I've interviewed eyewitnesses. I've seen bullet holes. This is not a joke. And this is why all the people that make a career out of babbling about UFOs, it's laughable. The, the first bullet would just barely miss their head. that would send them running for the hills. Billy, you know, uh, he just figured, well, they're trying to tell me to, that a career change is in order, but I think I'm going to keep on doing this. So this is something unprecedented, truly. The scope of this man's uh, knowledge, his experiences, his courage, his humanness, his, his fallibility, it is historically unprecedented. And it's not about him. That's the beauty of it. He, it's not to make the man a guru or make people famous. It's get us to survive, that we may you know, thrive and live and blossom and find out what life's all about finally after many thousands of years of being misled. So this is a... Oh, boy. This isn't a knock. I heard you mention people that babble on about UFOs making eleven. This isn't this isn't a smooth transition at this point because I don't want to compare these people to that. But uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, being interviewed by Art Bell because I I I read through your list of uh, uh, quotes about people who have said stuff about you and I seen Art uh, George Norrie, John B Wells and I think I even seen Ian Punnett. So you've been on coast a lot through the years. Twenty one times, I think. Twenty one times. And this this poor guy can't even get on once, but anyways, uh, <laughs> I, now I know who to blame. Um, but, but take me back, take me back to Art because um, yes, he's like the original Godfather. What everybody has these the king, whatever you know, whatever term people want to use. Yeah, for yeah. He's Art Bell. To well, me. He set the standard. He really did. And uh, actually, I remember this a bit. Uh, it was back in I think it's two thousand and one or two. I'd have to look it up. It's right back then. And I ended up doing, uh, what had happened was the people who published the first American translation of one of the uh, books in German, not written by Meyer, but by a man who found Meyer's material. He was a skeptic, an Austrian school teacher, a principal, a mathematician, and he went because he was skeptical, and he ended up becoming a lifelong friend of Meyer's for over 30 years. He was a brilliant man himself, mathematician. He wrote books on math and time travel and interesting things. Okay, so... The book, which is called And Still They Fly, came out. Uh, it was first called And Yet They Fly, second edition, And Still They Fly. And this guy, Guido, so the people, the American guys who were publishing the book, the English translation, said, hey, would you like to be a spokesperson for us? Because I had already been doing presentations on this since 1987 myself. I said, sure. So I ended up getting, they set up a website for me, and uh, we put out information, and I knew a guy who had been on Art Bell before talking about Meyer, and he had kind of been asked to not do that anymore because he was making crazy claims and weird stuff. And he, I, I had made a film with the guy. He was a nice guy, very, very good guy, but he got a little off and uh, a little deluded, and he was ruining this thing. So somehow I got to Art Bell, and he had me on, and we did like a four-hour interview, I think it was. I've been on with him, I think, twice. He did like a four-hour interview, and he was really direct and blunt and challenging. After the interview, 
I got the next day. I got a call from his producer saying, "I really want to apologize for Art." And I said, well, "What for?" And she said, "Well, he was really hard. I've never seen him be that hard on anybody. He was asking all his hard." I said, "Well, first of all, that's what he's supposed to do, isn't he? And second of all, I'm supposed to be able to at least do my best to answer it. And you know, I'm already satisfied that this material is real. I'm not offended. You know, and that was." That's already like 18 or 19 years ago, whatever. But I enjoyed it. I think I talked with him twice, and then he he wrote a commentary, and that was the best interview I ever did about the Billy Meyer case. No, I have to say I didn't do it. Michael Horn did it. You know, whatever. It was something like that. And I thought, well, that was really fair of him. Because I actually prefer people ask ask what's on your mind. I don't want softballs because you're you're doing the, you know it's like you're doing the service for your audience too because you've already asked questions that I would think based on what we've spoken about so far your audience would probably want to you know well ask them about that why is he saying that and you're doing it so Art did that kind of thing and a few people have done it I don't feel actually I'll just be very blunt here. I don't think George Norrie's done a good job of doing that. I'm disappointed uh, in the way he's interviewed me because it's been too easy, and some of the stuff that's really important we we didn't get to. And after maybe 10 years of interviewing me, my question to George would be, uh, well, do you think this is real or not? I mean, it's a whole other thing. I'm just speaking out, out now because they have they don't want me to bring forward certain information that's come out now that's critical worldwide critical information and i don't think that's right and uh, i don't care whether they have me on again i i speak up to speak for the the truth as best i know it and uh i just i'm not gonna you know dance around that i would never do another show where i can't tell the truth as i know it and i don't mind being challenged if i'm wrong if the information is wrong let's find out let's get it corrected so that's that's the way i think about stuff well, the door is always open here because I love people that tell the truth. So, but as we put a bow on the paranormal end of things, kind of, well, mostly, I've got a few other little things that I want to talk to you about because I see you've been talking about them, so we're going to get into them. Well, I, you well, I guess I haven't seen you talking about this, but I know you can talk about this. My next one, and then we'll get into the the corona here in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you've been in the water filtration business for a long time, and my mind goes to why 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 are we still struggling with Flint? I mean, that has been going on for God it seems like forever. Why do we? I missed what you said. Why do we still struggle with Flint, Michigan? Why can't we get them clean water? Oh well, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the devices are out there. There's many companies that make uh, you know devices to clean the water, but fundamentally, the problem is we've polluted everything and. Uh, the world, you know, when you start dealing with official this and official that, you find out it's officially slow and ineffective and, uh, you know, self-serving often. I, uh, I don't have the answer specifically about Flint, Michigan. Uh, I know that, you know, people can get, you know, water filters and units for their homes and governments have access to, you know, high-level purification, but some of the things you get into the water can be pretty tricky then if you have these old systems, if your pipes are made out of lead or whatever, if you are uh, in an area where there's a lot of arsenic being dumped on the, you know, it, it can go on and on. So that's just one of those things that we are going Actually, there's very little pure water left anywhere uh, available, you know, in, in ground water supplies and rivers and parts of the oceans are dead. Not that we drink, you know, salt water, but parts of the ocean are dead now. 
most lakes and rivers are polluted with one thing or another. And the true extent of the environmental damage, according to Meyer and his information, is so massive that Greenpeace and Greta Thunberg all put together don't have a clue. And it's unfortunate because we can't fix it at this point. It's unfixable. So you kind of, you kind of hit the point where I was going with my corona, where, where I went to start with corona is uh, sure. about, the, about the governments being. I, I just want to. I'll, say, I'll be nice and say it. They're um, days late and dollars short, so to speak, and often things. And it seems yep. like they're trying to control this narrative, but I don't know how much of control they really are. Or are they just talking to talk, or do, should we believe them? No. I don't think we should believe them, and I'll tell you at this point, I don't mean to, I'm not wanting to be blameful, but I can tell you from uh, the information I have, not only from Meyer, but from physicians and other people who are knowledgeable about this, they don't really have a clue at this point. Uh, and it's not that they, you know, should really not have a clue. I'll put it this way. Um, first of all, verifiably and all of this everything i'm telling you anybody if they're interested they can just find this information and check it out they don't have to say uh, oh well we have to believe it because it's on your website here's the point the first time any prophecy was given about a coronavirus directly about it is in 1995 by billy meyer when he foretold the uh coronavirus that would be a result of a accident in a lab in Guangdong, China, an accidental release. And that was the SARS. And he published that in 95. It's been on my website since about, I don't know, 15, 18 years, whatever. But more importantly, on the 25th of February, I received a document from Switzerland in English. Uh, Meyer had received it from his contacts, he claims, in German, and it took a little bit. They translated it, and it is the harsh truth from the extraterrestrials about what they called at that point the SARS-CoV-2 pandemic, COVID, COVID-2, the coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. And it is up on my you know website, along with I, what I did is I pulled out maybe ten or twelve bullet points from it, just so people would see some of what's in this that is just so vitally important and it's being confirmed all the time by the uh, medical community by accident by ineptitude they do not realize the full true nature i should tell you right now uh, in there you know they have like a headline what the question and then an answer and the first thing in there i'm not going to read this whole document i just want to tell you what there is to say about the coronavirus and what to take heed of and they said, fundamentally, this applies with all highly infectious diseases. Well, here it's pretty simple. One should avoid airplane ships, mass transportation, and large crowds whenever possible, and rather stay at home than exposing yourself to the risk of infection. It's only, this is so obvious, but it's only recently that they're now coming out and talking about that. Well, the fact of the matter is that this, and I'm jumping a little ahead here, this disease is now seeded worldwide, carried by people who do not show any symptoms and who have no known contact with carriers and have not even been to the countries most directly connected to the pandemic, which it is a pandemic. It's, it's worldwide. So in this document, 
I'll get, I'm going to just give you a couple of little bullet points to, for the audience so that if they are interested, you know, they can always come and read it. And first, I just want to say one of them that I put it. This is an unprecedented outreach to the people of Earth. It is unprecedented because this material is never like kind of here we are telling you people of Earth. This is things are discussed conversationally with Meyer. So the real number, I'm just going to read down some of the bullet points, and there's other things in here that could be bullet points because they're so profound. The real numbers of infections and deaths from the beginning of us learning about this, much higher than reported. Now, the actual incubation period, as I said, is from four weeks to three months. Three months! The guy could have been either in China, Italy, or Iran, or gotten on a plane in Stockholm or Portugal with somebody who had traveled from those countries, and he's had already infected everybody on that plane, and nobody feels sick. So, the breathing masks that they're using in hospitals, or, and people are, that's one thing, even in hospitals, but the, the people that are buying breathing masks, for the most part, are absolutely useless because the virus is so small, it penetrates. And they're even using, in some cases in hospitals, ineffective ones. What is needed? Full-body protective suits, like those hazmat-type things, with a breathing apparatus self-contained in this whole thing. It's the only real protection from the airborne illness. Now, there's other ways to protect ourselves, but in terms of that being in the air... The other things are a crapshoot. You might buy, you know, miss on it, but it's going to get through most of the masks. We need to have tr actually hermetically sealed quarantines. They're required. It must be longer than two weeks. We're thinking the incubation period is five days to two, two weeks. Now some people are saying, well, maybe it's 30 days. It's up to three months, maybe more. So... We need, when people are brought in, that environment must be hermetically sealed because while they may not be showing the symptoms yet, the people that come in to work with them can catch this if they are not completely protected and they can carry it to the outside world. I mean, this is just, it's painful here. The Asian races, now remember, this is, came out two weeks ago before any of this is even being discussed. The Asian races are initially the most susceptible, but it says here, it will spread to others. Well, it spread, didn't it, to Italy and Iran? And then it says here, next bullet point, the virus becomes more aggressive over time, claiming more lives. Well, we just learned, I don't know, three, four days ago, that it's mutated, and it's more virulent. Children are mainly immune. February 25th, children are mainly immune, but they are the main hidden spreaders of the disease. Because it isn't showing on them when they catch it, they're playing, jumping around, they're with the family, sitting on your lap, and they are inadvertently spreading it. China, the U.S., and other countries suppress the truth from the beginning. Why? For political and economic reasons. And lastly, I put it last, but it really belongs probably at the top, the WHO, the World Health Organization, is culpable for not immediately proclaiming a pandemic risk, and in conjunction with China, there should have been a sealing off of the area in which this was uh, first appearing. The border should have been closed, travel, international travel, brought to a standstill. But we have this thing called globalization, which is now spreading 
disease and illness all over the world. This is the first of some pandemics we will be seeing. This has been in the information for a long time from Meyer, a long time, going back. Well, we'll leave that for a moment. Now, just to add to this, this article is on my site. I have a contact who's in a, a, a doctor on the East Coast. He's in New York City. He wrote to me. I've, he gave me permission without using his name to publish some of the facts, the struggles that he and other medical personnel are going through with the resistance from the CDC to not wanting them to use the utmost in equipment, you know, the, the usual penny-pinching, denial-based government thing. And he himself has now had to deal with working with people where the illness is suspected without hazmat-type protection going on. He is in touch with people in hospitals in Boston and New Jersey. He reported to me a day or two ago they had their first coronavirus death in a Manhattan hospital. Uh, I got emails from a guy yesterday in a little town in Holland, 3,500 people. He said, we had our first victim here. 3,500 people. I got an email today from another guy in Holland. He knows that town, but he said to me, I'm writing to you because a worker, a co-worker of my girlfriend at work has the virus, and it means that my girlfriend might shortly be brought in for quarantine, and then I would be too. This is affecting... I blogged about it right before our call, Jim. This is popping up everywhere. It will continue to do it. I have created a, a, a letter based on the information in this case. I took the information, didn't change it, and I just wrote an introduction. I sent it out to health officials in the state of Arizona, and I've told people, anybody wants to take that letter and add their own introduction without changing the information here from these play on extraterrestrials and send it to your local or regional, your national uh, state uh governmental, health agencies, anything you want. I'll send you the version I have. You make it your own. Just stick to the script here. Don't don't change anything and go weird. So people have been asking. I've been sending it to them, sending it out for free and letting people get proactive because one of the keys that these people have said to us for years and decades, you must be 100% self-responsible for everything in your own life and only through that matter, not ceding your responsibility out to real or imaginary leaders and gods and saints and gurus and priests. No, you, you decide, you create your life, and then you interact and and work with people who are like-minded. You don't have to all be knowledgeable about this material. It's nice and it'd be helpful, but if you are self-responsible people and you can agree on what the important things in life are, the principles and operation of life and the true values, then you will build the new society from the ground up because it's not coming from the top down. It is remarkable to see all this happening in real time. Like in real time, because it's it's amazing to me. Even being the okay, being the digital guy for a minute, you know, as we were talking earlier, seeing all these reports from all around the world, like constantly trying to keep track of where and how and who and. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I know it's just remarkable, though. Oh, you mentioned you mentioned you wrote a blog, so I I need to do this because if not, we'll probably both be mad at ourselves later here in about fifteen minutes. Uh, what's your what's the website and where can people get all that information? 
Sure, everything that I just spoke about is at theyflyblog.com. Theyflyblog.com. And there's a website, theyfly.com, but the blog is the most active. I have that nearly 1,000 articles there. And speaking with just to, to, to tell you what just happened today, too, that I put in it, the, uh, the public health minister in the U.K. just tested positive for this. The public health minister. I got that an hour or two ago, and I just put it out in a blog along with some of this other stuff. So, yes, I have that blog, and I will also... Uh, put this out just to tell you while we've got all sorts of books and films and everything if any of your listeners want uh, a free copy no strings attached nothing to buy of what we think is the best ufo documentary ever made that we made we filmed in 2006 put it out in 2008 it's called the silent revolution of truth they don't even have to remember the title if they send an email to me they can, you know, write to me through my blog or my website. They just put your name or the word free in there. I'll send it to them. I'll send them a link. They download it. And they will find that in there they'll see me talking a lot and talking about things that since I talked about them have come true 10, 12 years ago, whatever, 14 years ago. And that's, you know, just a real good way people can know. We spelled it out then from Billy. I didn't invent it. And... They go, oh my God, that's happened, hasn't it? Yeah. And I've got a documentary on, uh, my, you know, another one that's, one of them is on Amazon called And Did They Listen? That's probably the most poignantly relevant one nowadays. The people were warned, and did they listen? But uh, aside from pitching, I'm, as I say, I'll give it away for free, the first one. And be writes, I do that, I answer all my email, and you're not going to get solicited for anything because it's too important that people at least know this exists. And then help yourself. It is, yeah, and I'm grateful for that because I think some of my listeners will pick take you up on that. So, my pleasure. Um, man, I'm looking at my notes and I'm trying to figure out which way I want to go back to. Uh, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> uh, no, no shortage. I know that's the thing, right? Like I've, I'm looking at the clock, I'm looking at my list. I'm like, uh, the, uh, um. Let's go back to the let's go back to the UFO thing for a minute because that's still sure. that's interesting. Okay, so you you researched him for a while, right? Like for a while, and then you became his American representative. How did that all come together? Well, I first got to go to Switzerland, and, and when I learned that there were meetings there for people from around the world who could come, and they could spend a minimum of three days where they would work with each other on this property and interact with other people from around the world who are interested. Okay, I said, i got to go do that. So I went over, and uh, I was joined in New York. It was a plane change of a buddy of mine from Texas. I only knew him from online, but his name is Mark, Mark Campbell, and we met in New York. We flew over to Zurich. We went to put our stuff in the bed and breakfast and marched over to the center. And, and as we walked up to the building, Billy just comes bursting out of the door, full of energy and all. And I remember my friend Mark, very gregarious Texan, he says to him, Billy, I want to thank you on behalf of all you. And he starts into one of those. And Billy just reaches out the one hand. He, he's a one-armed man. He's done everything with one hand, everything. So he reaches out his hand to Mark and says, don't mention it. It's my duty. And he marches off. And I thought, gee, I like that guy. He's kind of. He lives that principle that I, I, I like that principle, do the duty that you know is yours in life, and that's all you can be, you know, ask of yourself. So 
that was the first year I was there. I came back the next year and the next year. And then I think it was in 2004, I said to them, I, I, would, I would like to represent you in the, in the world officially in English, and I'd like to do it in a real clean way. You don't pay me. I don't pay you. I'm free to say or think or accept whatever I want to, to disagree, should that be the case. And I will do, by, what I will do is I will always put out the information, exact, because my friend Randy, who first did it, that's why he wasn't doing it anymore, he changed things. I said, I'll do it exactly the way you present it. I just reserve the right, if I don't know, if I can't prove it's true, I'll say, according to the information in the case. And they said, good, we'll do that. <laughs> I asked, they said yes. So I, I'm now in, I don't know, somewhere in the second seven years of it or whatever. You know, I got it in 2004, then in 2011, I did another one, 18. I guess, I, or I'm in the third one. I don't know. I'm in there. We've been doing it for a while, and we just keep it clean because, as I, I knew, and I even told them, I said, you know, people are going to accuse me of doing this for the money anyhow, so I might as well not do it for the money. I love it. I want to do it anyhow. And, you know, everything will work out. If I do what I do, it'll, it'll all work out. So that has worked out. So just to answer the obvious question, on my own dime, I've gone over there back and forth. I produced films on it. And uh, when they publish books, I can buy them as a reseller so that if people want a book or they want a film, thank you. I'm very happy to, to sell it so I can get income from that. That's legit. I'm not the mouthpiece being paid for by the person that, I've even tried to trick a few times with questions because I want to make sure, you know, is this, I've I, I got to make sure this is real and true. And I know it is now. I knew it for a long time, but I, I still kind of poke around just to make sure everything's, you know, ironclad. Well, yeah, you have to ask. I mean, be, being the guy that I am, right, the guy that asks questions, you have to ask questions so you can know the information that you're going to be asked questions about. True. And you have to know yourself that, you know, if I ask something of Billy, I now know, and I, I knew from the get-go, but all the years have proved it. This man is honest. I could tell you a really quick thing about that if, if you want to know. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so about three years and change ago, on a Saturday morning, I get a call from a guy I don't know, a gruff-sounding older guy. He says, my name is Joe. I'm an investigator. Will you talk to me? I said, yeah. He says, you do this Billy Meyer case? Yeah, yeah. He says, I think it's a hoax. Will you still talk to me? I said, well, of course. This is what I do. We spoke for about three months back and forth. He asked question after question after question. Mm -hmm, I see. Well, um, oh, okay, let's go on to the next thing. So I never was knowing what he was thinking. He was very, very good at asking questions. So it turned out that um, he disappears at the end of March and pops back up in August of 2017. He says, okay, are you still talking to me? I said, yeah, Joe, why? What's up? Well, uh, I'll tell you who I am, and I'll tell you about your Billy Meyer case. I said, well, okay, who are you? I am uh, one of the top former investigators and supervisors for the United States Air Force Office of Special Investigation and a Department of Defense background investigator. He paused and he said, you don't have to believe me. Check your email. So I put him on hold, and I go... And there is the email with one attachment after another, real military documents. I mean, this guy didn't hoax them. They're detailed, and they're singing his praises. He's a top dog. Okay, great. Well, that's pretty impressive. Pretty good. Now, what do you want to tell me? Okay. He said, I, after we spoke, I started investigating things, and I went to that document you had online. It was about 
Billy Meyer and his photographs from 1964 in India, where this guy even has a reporter from an Indian newspaper who interviewed him in English, and I looked up that paper. And it's a really reputable paper. It's been around a long time. And that reporter, he was also reputable. And he's talking about this vagabond, 27-year-old Swiss vagabond guy traveling around. He's got an album with 80 UFO photographs in it. And you still have, Billy, he still has, and you show him on your site, you still have about a dozen of those photos. He says, look, unless somebody proves to me as a military investigator that there's a UFO arrest 1964 in India, unless you show me where he got those photos, and they're still there on that old Kodak paper, this is 100% ironclad, and I'm going to tell you how. And he goes through the protocols. He says, it's means. Here's means. Here's motive. Here's opportunity. Here's how you know how one piece of real evidence trumps 10 pieces of circumstantial says, this man is telling the truth. And he said, that went farther. You talked about a woman who was a retired UN diplomat who was a child at this ashram in India where Meyer was studying at that time. He was studying Buddhism or whatever. Well, she's a real person, and she was. Not only at that ashram, she's a retired UN diplomat. She checks out. She's real. And he says, look, I then went online and I looked at every video I could have of Billy Meyer. I'm talking to you as a man who personally vetted people who were or would become presidents, vice presidents. They would have their hands on a nuclear trigger, their military people. I ferreted out moles from the military. I sat in that room with those people, hundreds of them. That's the most honest man I've seen. Billy Meyer is telling the truth. And I'm going to take on any skeptic you want me to on your behalf. He did. And now he's doing an in-depth bit of research and work on behalf of the of this material for the people in Switzerland. So I'm just telling you this we we've pulled the thread on the sweater here, Jim. This could go on for hours. And I'd be delighted anytime you want more. And for your listeners, because if we just drop back for a moment, Maya is the first person to specifically forewarn, and people can disagree about this, but he started 14 years of age and 51, warning about unnatural, man-made climate change, global warming, ozone damage, pollution from the A-bombs and the destruction of that ozone, the ramifications that would be mega quakes and volcanic activity, tsunamis. He's forewarned of the specific coming volcanic eruptions and earthquakes that we were we are going to have. They've never been wrong scientifically, which is my main focus. I, I don't know if they've been wrong about anything else, but I haven't seen it. But I focus on the science. They've never been wrong, and they are not trying to show off. They just want us to know, hey, we can do this. We have the science. We're speaking to you in an easily understood language of science that you may start getting about the task of assuring your future survival because you've got some big roadblocks in your way. Just remarkable. And that's the scratch on the surface. And then I also have on my notes here, which we have about two minutes left together, which is no good because I don't even want to get into this, but I want to ask about documentaries and making music, and I, that's that's not a two-minute conversation. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a rather prolific songwriter. I have been. When I haven't written too many songs recently, but I've written 100 songs, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
woman named Carly Simon had recorded. One never got out, unfortunately. I did write songs that were uh, put on TV in the 80s. I wrote with the late Dennis Wilson from the Beach Boys. He died, unfortunately, before too much of it could be released. Uh, I won some songwriting things. Uh, I'm a prize-winning painter. Uh, I created a fitness program years ago for rehabilitating movements, primarily for seniors and people that had been in accidents. I did that for... Uh, you know, in 10, 15 years in California, I one of the first people to invent digital book publishing under the name, actually, of eBooks. Later, was changed to NetBooks. Uh, I was taken to Europe by a consultant for Princess Diana to teach a stress release program that I created. Uh, I created a therapeutic process with video called Future Self. I have a book out on that on how anybody can use their cell phone or tablet to actually set and accomplish goals. A child can do it. I did this on lots of people back in the 80s. So I've done a lot of things, and everything I've said is verifiable, true, and I can prove it, and I'm not saying it to boast about it. I'm just saying that I learned the hard way. I had no real high-level education in any useful area. I was a painter. I wrote songs. I performed and all that. And then I, through the study of the Meyer material, learned how to research science, and I helped, I was instrumental in proving it that it's authentic, and I have aerospace people that are in my little team. I've hosted, uh, in, uh, air, what do we call it, astrophysicists on the stage that where I was invited to make a presentation in L.A. I had him come as a guest to endorse the authenticity of the Meyer case. It goes on and on and on. Mainly, it's really about people knowing and doing their own due diligence, and then I'm glad to help people out to find groups that are in America and around the world that are studying this, and they just go about it, their business, because we're trying to help people prepare for these coming times, for the survival, for the consequences of the quarantines that could come and other things. Many people are so-called preppers. There are things that people have not taken into account, probably, and I, I have some stuff on my blog about it, so uh, glad to help any way I can and to answer questions and challenges. And I, I'm truly, I mean this, I'm grateful that you ask good, clear questions that require you know, information and not just theories and claims. And uh, anytime I'm at your disposal, and I, my hat's off to the, uh, you know, the team at Steve Allen Media for making this you know, possible as well. Well, thank you, and um, yeah, I could see why Art did four hours. I've probably got four hours more of questions. We already did an hour, so um, I'll be looking forward to talking to you again real soon. My pleasure. I thank you, Jim. Thank you, and there we go. Wow, what a night, right? So much more to, buzzing through my head that I could just ask and keep going with, which is good. That's why I like the hour. Uh, first and foremost, I want to thank a few people for tuning in tonight. First, I want to thank Sean for tuning in uh, Chasing the Truth Saturday nights over at imdarkwaters.com. Good to see him back around here. Um, caught him a little bit last night talking about coronavirus. He's doing a good service there, keeping people up to date on that. Uh, always, as usual, Germantown runner Brian Bowden walks at night. Uh, I've seen Toro in for a little bit. Cat Ward, the Paranormal Heart, go check out her show. Also, go check out Brian Bowden's show. Um, who else did I miss? I missed somebody. That's why I hate doing this, but I did it tonight because... I appreciate you all. First and foremost, I want to thank everybody for their their thoughts, their prayers, their asking how I've been doing today and yesterday. Uh, doing pretty well. Got full, pretty much full range of motion. I managed not to hit my hand. I joked with uh, Michael about hitting my hand and swearing during the show. I managed not to do that. So doing good on that front. Um, 
I think. I told German Town Run, I think next week is live calls. I think. I know there's one coming up because I had to literally schedule it in. Uh, because if I don't, I just keep scheduling guests because I get so many great guests that want to come on the program. So that's all that. Um, very excited about where the show is right now. Uh, just amazing. Um, I've, I want to thank you all. So uh, if you're listening via podcast, no matter where it is in the world, if it's uh, here, there, anywhere, I just drew a whole blank on places that the show's listening to, but it's everywhere. Thanks. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) I know, right?